John chapter 10, uh, we're going to start with verse number 1. John chapter 10, starting with verse number 1, we're going to work ourselves down a little bit um, through this. How many of you know that Jesus has a way of just doing things his way? <laughs> when I kind of was putting everything together, I was getting really nervous and sweating, and I was like, oh man, I'm going to get all this, get, get it going. And then I was reminded Pastor Lynn gets up super early, so I set my alarm super early, and uh, I hit snooze a few times, and then Holy Spirit woke me up and said, this is what you're going to say. So this is what we're going to go after, is that we just really want to hear the voice of God, amen, of what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. And that's been like my heart over these past few weeks has been, I just want to hear him. I want to hear what he has to say. I want to hear what he wants to do. And most of all, I want to be able to respond in such a way that I want him to be pleased with me as his son, um, to be able to do the will of the Father. Does that kind of make sense? That what I want to do is I don't want it to be by myself or of myself because I, I know that I try to put a lot of things together and, and try to get as much done as possible around the house. And then my wife always reminds me, I think you may have done it wrong. Let's rework this. And she tells me that I may have put a table wrong to uh, put a table together wrong or something or a new project that she has. And I'm so thankful for my wife of that, that little nudge that tells me, hey, it, it, it's great, but we might can do it a little bit better. And that's really what I've been trying to go after of the past few weeks, especially with the youth group, we're doing this series called The Forgotten Normal, and we're journeying through the book of Acts of what God wants to do and how the original church acted and how they did things. And it was so crazy because we're sitting there talking with the youth group, and I'm like, isn't that awesome? They were persecuted. Like people kicked down, Paul, Saul kicked down doors and was going to drag people out in chains for the gospel. Who wants to be a part of the gospel? Okay, I had a better response here than I did with the youth group. Because <laughs> I was like, no, nobody said anything. And I was like, no, I totally get it. Because if someone kicked down our door, you know, and, and was trying to come after us, I said my first reaction would be like, you know, push Essie in front of him and take off running. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, you're awake. You're listening. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. I'm just, I wouldn't. I would trip her and then I would run. No, no, listen. Listen, God, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I love my wife. She's amazing. And my kids. I would. I'm just trying to make sure you're paying attention to me. So John chapter 10, verse number one. We have a great time. If you are young people and you have not been to a Wednesday night yet, please come and hang out with us. Um, the more the merrier. And it's just so awesome. Um, and do that with us. So John chapter 10, verse number one, it says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. Man, I'm telling you, this has been like, my prayer. I want to know more of his voice. I want to have my spiritual antenna up in the air that I can be able to drown out the noise and the things that are going on around about us. Because how many of you know that social media has such a way of clouding our judgment or clouding our wavelength or, or, or the news? And I'm, I'm not saying all the news, but we, like we say it and we proclaim it, we want a news that's known for integrity and honesty. Amen? And, and, and the things that are going on in our world, we want to be able to hear what God wants to say. And that's what I love so much, that's one of the things that brought us here to Valley Church, was that we wanted to be a part of a church that followed after God no matter what. 
Amen. And I can tell you that's part of the leadership here is we want to follow after him. So, follow that, uh, that know his voice. They, they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Talk about stranger danger, right? That they, they, they're not going to follow him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers. Jesus just laid it straight out. He didn't hold no punches. He said, I'm, I'm the gate. I'm going to tell you the truth. Everything before me, that doesn't matter. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Those who come in through me will be saved. Another translation also says, and find safety. And find safety. If we put our hope and our faith and our trust in our actual true gatekeeper, and that is Jesus Christ, how many of you know that we are going to be saved, we're going to be satisfied, and we are going to be fulfilled? right? Because the things that go on around about us are always trying to pull at us. But what Jesus really wants to do is pour into you. He doesn't want to just take things away from you, but he actually wants to pour into you. He actually wants to you to remember who you're called to be and who you are. As a parent, that's one of the things that we constantly go after um, is who they really are in Christ. And please, like, don't Please, um, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to be the best parent that I can, and me and my wife are trying to be the best parents we can. And do we make mistakes? Totally. We fail at times. Have I had to apologize to my kids? Just this past week, I had to sit them down and be like, listen, I should not have acted like that. Dad was not the best person. I'm sorry. So I'm trying. But one of the things that my son has taken to, he's not in here, is he? No, he's not. Okay. One of the things that my, my, old, my son has taken to, and that is that when he started to get in trouble, when he got in trouble, we went into his room, and we were having this kind of discussion um, as a parent of what was going on. And one of the things he started saying, and he started saying, I'm this, I'm that, you think of me like this, and you think of me like that. And I stopped him, and I was like, I've never even said those things about you. Who are you listening to? Because that was my first thought was what are you watching or what are you talking about, dude? And he's like, no, no one loves me. And so finally, this whole conversation turned around to like, dude, I love you. That's why I'm correcting you. I love you. You are a child of God. And I told him, you're my son and nothing or no one takes that away. And it reminded me of our heavenly father, our relationship with him, that I know we go through things and I know it's heartache and pain. And I know sometimes we don't like the, the correction, but we know most of all that he does it because he loves us and he doesn't want to see us stay the same, but he wants to see us become more like him. Does that make sense? Woo, he is a good father. Even in bad times, he's a good father. Even in the times when I'm trying to, like my kids, Micah will walk through the store. Again, he's not in here, right? Yeah, so Micah will walk through like the store and he wants like the $90 Lego. Legos are expensive, okay? I don't mean that against Lego and I'm sorry if you, if you watch this video. But I don't mean that against them. They're just, they're just expensive because they're these little things and you have to sit down for hours and you go through all this mess. And, and I'm always like, 
dude, like, I, I'm sorry, can you get the $5 Lego? Like, will that work? You know, and, he's, and he'll do all these things, and it's like, but how many of you know that I still, I still love him and care for him, even though I might not be able to buy him that $90 Lego at the moment, but I still love and care for him. My love for him does not change. It's the same thing with God. That, hey, I want this and I want that, and, and we want an answer from him, and still we want a yes when sometimes it might be a no. Because it's still an answer, we're asking for an answer, but sometimes it might be a no, or hey, you gotta wait. Or sometimes he's a good God, that how many of you know, sometimes he doesn't answer right away. <laughs> and it's like, I'm listening. You can speak now, you know. Um, I've said in Jesus' name, like, you know, I've waved the wand, no, okay. <laughs> but the true sheep did not listen to them. Is that where we are? They will come and go freely, and will find good pasture. The thief's pur purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The next verse says, I am the good shepherd. Man, Jesus is just laying down all kinds of truth in this chapter, isn't he? He says, I am the good shepherd. Uh, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Next verse says, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. Not Joel Wolf, but he'll run when he sees a wolf coming. Thank you for some of you that laughed. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Then the next verse says, <laughs> Jesus just lays it back down again. He's laying this contrast and he says, but all these things that the, the people before are going to run away when actually problems and trials and circumstances, things start to come up against you. They're going to run away, he says. But Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I'm sorry, it's kind of a lengthy reading. We're just going to 21. Say, I have another sheep. I have other sheep too. And they are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will, they will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. This is still Jesus talking. No one can take my life from me. I, sacri I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and to also take it back up again. Isn't it so awesome that Jesus has full authority to do so from the Father, amen? And so for this is what my Father has commanded when we... When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So we did a quite lengthy reading, and I'm sorry for that, but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of chop it apart and go through as we see as God wants to really as God really wants to do something through us and in us today. And again, a lot of this has just been what's been on my heart over the past few weeks. 
is that I just want to see him. I want to see Jesus in how I father. I want to see Jesus in how I pastor. I want to see Jesus in how I'm a husband. I want to see Jesus in, in how I am with a friend or how I am with my extended family. Um, I want to see Jesus in everything that I do, even including our finances, even including our car, even including our, our neighborhood. I mean, it's, it's just, it's absolutely mind-boggling to know that Jesus wants to be a part of every single aspect of our life. And you see, when Jesus is giving these illustrations, he's talking to some people, he's talking to the Pharisees of those days, and he's letting them know, and letting the people, uh, the Jewish people know, hey, listen, there are going to be some people that are around you that are trying to kill, steal, and destroy you. There are some teachers or false, or false teachings, or there will be some things that come into your life that will be to try to rip from you what God has actually already placed inside of you what he's already placed inside of you, what he's already done for you, and what he already wants to do through you. But the bad part is, is that we've got an enemy that always seems to sneak up on us and to try to steal, kill, and destroy. That he seems to really want to take apart our marriages or today seems to be more divided in our country than anything else. When really what we need to do is stand as a united front that we want to proclaim the gospel of Jesus and what he wants to do in your life. Amen? And what he wants to do in other people's lives. And I think that's the greatest thing. Just seeing, um, seeing people like going into cities and worshiping when they're not supposed to or the city's, you know, shutting them down. And again, I sit back because I'm so thankful for Idaho and where we live and, and what God is doing. But I applaud those people that, again, are taking it back to the first church and they don't care what's going to happen to them. They don't care. Like people have walked up to them and ready to kill them and they're still singing his praises. Are, can you and I be able to stand today and say, can I do that Right, because right now I can say, bring it on, let's do it. But when push comes to shove, I'm a small guy. <laughs> I'm short, you know what I mean? <laughs> if he's bigger than me, like, I'm going to have a problem, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but the thing that I, that, that I want you to see is it's not, it's not me, but it's he, he that lives inside of me. And we, we won't do it physically, but how many times have we allowed it to be done spiritually? How many times have we allowed the enemy by the things that we watch or the things that we listen to uh, begin to teach that false teaching of who I really am? I, I, I know, man. Listen, I'm, I'm the youth leader, so I, I get it. When we start talking to youth group and some of the things, uh, music that's being listened to today or, or, you know, things, apps and whatever, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to keep going down the list, there are things that are trying to pull at the identity of our children or our young people or ourselves. I get that I'm not, I'm just preaching to young people this morning, so I got to make it adultish. So uh, to ourselves, how many things that come into our life that actually want to take your identity, especially as a father? There are so many things that happen today that want to take away that you don't, you're, you're not the man of the house or you're not the, the priest or the prophet of your house. There are so many things that want to take that away from us. And me as a husband, I want to stand firm. I know I joked about it. I wouldn't push her or trip her. I know I joked about it. But, but really, in my prayer life, do I set the atmosphere, the tone in my house so that God can really work and minister to my wife and to my children? Yeah. Yeah. And I come from a single parent home. So, here, so I'll, I'll 
Take it to the flip side. My mom had to be that spiritual leader in our home. My mom had to work hours upon hours to keep me in a Christian school so I wouldn't be going to a public school. My mom had to take the bus back and forth to work. My mom, like, it's like one of those stories that my mom had to walk up and, up and down hill, you know, in the snow to get back to work so she could see God work in my life. So I've seen single parenthood, and I'm the product of a single parent. But I can tell you this, when push comes to shove and you really get inside your hearts, mom and dad, that this is a house that belongs to God, that is what my mom, there was things that my mom wouldn't let me go do. And it was tough. And I, I wish I could say that I was the perfect young person to her, but there was times I was like, mom, all my friends are going to this. And she's like, that's great, but we're not doing it here. And that's what we can really look after. Mom and dad, I'm telling you that when you take a stand, God is going to stand with you. When you take a stand, God's going to stand with you. When you take a stand and saying, hey, listen, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because I'm not going to let the thief, like we read about, I'm not going to let the thief come in and come over the wall and steal, kill, and destroy. What I'm going to do is allow the purpose of God in my life to move through me and in me to bring life to my children or life to our families, life to my marriage. Because that's what I want more than anything. I want to hear the voice of God so bad. And that's the most amazing part is he wants to speak to you just as bad. When you open up because you're saying, I've never heard his voice. Listen, open your Bible and read the red words. That he's the good shepherd. He's the good father. He's the way, the truth, and the life. That is the God that I serve. And he's amazing. But it's got to come from me. That I have to be the watchman on the wall. I've got to be the one to say, hey, listen, we're not going to do this. I want to live a life that's pleasing to him. I hope it all makes sense to you. Um, so verse three, uh, jumping back. So we're going to kind of jump back and forth. If you've got notes or if you've got a piece of paper, you're going to be taking a lot of notes today. I guess, I'm sorry, Pastor Rich. I really, after a couple verses, we're supposed to head, give a handout. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying. Um, but chapter three, you know what be the good part is though? You can go back on YouTube and rewatch it. So that'd be amazing. Not only that, you'll make my scores go up. Okay, so um, we're just having fun. God's good. <laughs> Chapter 10, verse three, it says, and because the gatekeeper knows who he is, who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. Oh boy. Because we want to recognize his voice and when we see Jesus really coming, it's about us opening the doors of our heart and mind and allowing him to come in. Because he's such a gentleman that he's not going to force it on us, but he wants to see, are you really going to let him in? Is that really going to be your heart? Like, like I said, for mine over the past few weeks, well, months, however long it's been, it's been a long time. But is, am I going to allow him in? I can say it all day long, but am I really, by the lifestyle that I live or by the, the things that I do or by, the act, my, by, my, by my actions or by the way that I live, the way that I speak, am I really allowing Jesus to come in? Am I really allowing him or am I keeping him on the outside and only allowing him on Sundays or Wednesdays at youth group because that's when I need to show? So the gatekeeper knows who he is. He opens the gate to him and let him in. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd. They recognize the voice of the true shepherd, for he calls his own by name and leads them out, for they belong to him. Knowing the voice of Jesus, when he says something, when he speaks, when he moves, when it's a gentle nudge, 
um, it took me back. It reminded me of, of Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. It says, when the cool evening breeze were blowing and the man and his wife, talking about Adam and Eve, heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. They heard him walking towards them. God is walking towards them and they hid. They hid in the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Adam is saying because of what had just happened, they, they fell, um, listened to the wrong voice that was telling them um, as, as the serpents climbed the tree and it is telling them to be able to take of the fruit of this tree and they're listening to the voice and that's why, again, it's so important to which voices we're listening to. And, 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 and listening to the true voice of what he really says. And when he speaks a word to us, do we have it written down or do we have it in the back of our mind locked away that when I know when the enemy comes against us and starts to tell us, no, you're this or you're that, kind of like that example with my son beginning to say, no, I, I, I'm not loved or no, no one likes me or that's why I don't have no friends or I'm never gonna be this or I'm never gonna be that. And the whole time knowing who God really has called me to be. And it's sometimes an, an, a struggle that we have inside of all of us. That there'll be those brief moments where it's like, I don't quite know if I can do that. Or I don't quite know if I can be like that because of what I have done. And Adam is, is, is saying to, to the Lord God, he's saying, I had to hide because I thought um, I had to have it all together before I could actually meet you. I thought I had to have all my ducks in a row, and I thought I had to have uh, the perfect family. I thought I had to have uh, the perfect marriage. I thought I had to be the perfect husband. Uh, but I heard you walking towards me. Isn't that amazing that the Lord God was still walking towards him? And that's what he's doing to each and every one of us today, is he's still walking towards you? In the midst of our mess, in the midst of my screw-up, in the midst of my craziness, Jesus is still walking towards me to show me who I really am. And I don't want to be like Adam, and I don't want to hide anymore. I don't want to be like Adam, and I don't want to grab my family and run. I don't want to be like Adam, and I don't want to go back to my insecurities and to, to my false teachings or to the thing that used to steal, kill, and destroy me. But what I want to do is I want to run full-heartedly into the arms of a Savior who wants to, his whole purpose is to give me life and life more abundantly or a satisfying, rich life. And today, you and I get to experience that through his son, Jesus Christ, today. You and I get to experience that because Jesus took it all on the cross and took the guilt and the shame for me that we get to walk in new life with him. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? He goes on to say that he, they, they're called, he calls them by their name. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1, it says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, don't be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Yeah. Woo! You are his. Turn to somebody and say, you're his. Oh, turn to somebody else and say, I'm his. See, that's what I'm saying. Now you just got to believe it. Right? You've just been told it. Now you just got to walk it out. That I am his and he is mine. He ransomed me, he, he took it all, he bought the price. How many of you just, don't you love when you go out to eat and someone walks over and they say, hey man, don't worry about it, I took care of the bill for you. It's just like, 
I got four kids. Thank you, Jesus, you know? <laughs> it doesn't, man, it's, it's a lot to eat out anymore. Um, you know, but, but, but that's the thing. It's like, man, thank you, Jesus. He took it all, and that's what Jesus did. He said, hey, check it out. I'm going to take all of it for you. I'm going to take all the guilt, the shame that you're, gonna, that you're walking through. I'm going to take, I know you messed up, but here's the thing. I'm going to take it for you that you get to walk with me. Don't think it's a, it's a ticket now that we get to sin and do whatever we want. That's not it in the case. Please don't, 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 don't take it that way. But understand that it's now an opportunity that I get to co-labor with Christ. I get to lock arms with him and I get to walk with him. That I don't have to stay in the same spot, but I get to now move forward with him. Because that's what he wants to do. Okay, so John, uh, going back to verse number four and five. It says, after he gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Um, man, my, oh, thank you, Jesus. My son's really young. He won't be able to watch these for a couple of years. So um, my oldest, we had gone down. He was only a couple years old. And we had gone to visit family down in California. And we were hanging out, <clears throat> and some other extended family had come to the house. And we were all sitting on, the, on my parents' porch, and we were kind of laughing, talking. Micah had taken a nap in the house. Well, we, you know, as good parents, we, we left the screen open so that we could, if we heard him or he cried or he knew where to go in case he woke up. And so he woke up, though. But he was still like that half, half awake, half not awake. And he's walking out onto the porch. And we had an extended family there, um, and he was sitting there, and... From the back end, from him sitting, he's the same ethnicity as me, the same height as me. Um, I don't want to say the same weight because I'm trying to slim down a little bit. But he was the same, same weight. I mean, we're, we're, we look pretty identical from behind. And so Micah just walks up, half sleeping, half, you know, rubbing his eyes. And he just walks up and Micah puts his, hand, his head, like, basically in his lap. And we, the whole conversation stopped because we're just like, oh, no. And so he... You know, the, the guy was, at the, our, our family was just absolutely amazing. He just starts rubbing Micah's back and is talking with him. Or, you know, and, and, and kind of, he wasn't talking to him yet. He was rubbing his back. And so Micah's just sitting there, you know, this and that, again, half sleeping. And then I was like, Micah. And when I said something from across the circle, Micah kind of, and then looked. And then you could tell, like, sheer terror just went over his face. And he like slowly turns and looks. And our family just kind of waved at him. And Micah just screamed <laughs> bloody murder and came running after me. And that's how I thought about this. Is that's the exact same picture that sometimes because we get so sleepy in our walk with God that we're not fully awake, that we'll begin to put our heads in laps of places that we actually shouldn't be. That's rough, huh? Okay, but, here, but here's, the, here's the fact, though, of the matter, and that is that sometimes I allow sin to creep into my life very slowly that um, I start to justify it because it's like, well, it's just a, a small sin or it's just a little bit here or I know his grace is going to forgive me or I know he's going you know, to, and yes, is he going to forgive me? Great, when I come with a repentant heart to him, but he doesn't want me to stay that same way. And when I spoke up and said, hey, Micah, you know, and his eyes got huge and he freaked out because he's with a family member he, sh he doesn't know or he, he shouldn't be with. And how many times has God called our name and we still stayed asleep because we felt like it was better for us to stay there or we wanted to stay there or we felt more comfortable in that spot or by that time sin has so much lullabied us to sleep that we just don't quite know the voice of the true shepherd. 
man, that's, that's tough, dude. No, because that's me speaking to me too. I'm not, please, like, understand, I'm speaking to myself as well. But, um, um, and I thought about that, like, man, but I wanted to do, like, the, I thought about, like, I did the great dad thing and was like, Micah, you know, like, screaming at her, like, yelling at his name, and he came running, but Micah had that right response that you and I should have, and that is that we see it, we recognize it, we repent over it, we kick it out of the door, and we say, hey, Satan, you're no longer going to kill, steal, and destroy me, but I want to run after the Savior. I want to run after the person. I want to run after my father whose voice I really know, who I know and recognize. So that's been my heartbeat. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pack you with Bible today, okay? <laughs> I'm going to pack you out, okay? Um, this is cool, because usually in the youth group, we have two TVs that I'm like turning and I'm pointing and this and that. Like, I just get to just read it from my tablet and point to you. Okay, um, you didn't want to know that. So uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 15, it says, for, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own. Man, am I the only one getting like goose pimples? That he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. He is everything to me now. That I don't, I get to be led by him, called by his name, it co-heirs with Jesus. I get to live a full and satisfying life with him. That is how we get to walk as we call him Abba Father. That we are adopted into his family. Man, it's like one of those things that you get to go and sit at his table. Such an inviting place to be. That we get to sit with the Father of what, and, and hear what he wants to say over us. Hear how we really look like to him. Because how many of you know, sometimes we walk around with a false identity of who we really are. We walk around with this false identity of, of who my, my, and I'm just, as an example, like my parents said I was going to be, or who someone uh, at my work said I am, or, or, or someone at my school, or someone, I mean, different, you're just walking down the line of we can hear the voices constantly keep talking to us, but what we really want to do is focus in on Abba Father, who is our Father, who is my Father, because He's a personal God, He's a personal Savior, He's mine, and I am His, and I get to piggyback on top of him, okay? Because there's so many times, like, I know I have to be piggybacking because that's the only way I'm going to get through this, is that I'm going to have to, he's going to have to lift me up and carry me. I think of it like a piggyback. Probably Jesus is more like picking me up and holding me like Princess Night Squire and like walking me through things, you know, um, as my feet are like dangling. Okay, so um, I told you I'm going to impact you with, I'm going to pack you out with Bible. Psalms 29 verses 3 through 9. We're going to put them up on the screen too so that you're going to also see that as well. You don't have to keep flipping around. It says, The voice of the Lord echoes above the seas. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is uh, majestic. The voice of the Lord uh, splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. I mean, mighty mountains. And he says, bro, move. Like, you got to go. And they start skipping along, okay? I mean, that's just my imagination. We just got to go with it. He makes uh, Mount Hernum leap like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes like bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. 
The, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forest bare. In his temple, everyone shouts. That's what I'm talking about. That's the voice of the Lord that you and I get to listen to. Is it scary and mighty? No, it's not like that. But what's awesome is that because the Lord, when he speaks like that to our situation, things have to go away. That's what he wants to say. He doesn't want you to be scared of his voice, but he wants you to be scared. He wants you to be uh, uh, totally dependent on him for when he speaks, you know that mountains have to move. And when he speaks, it says that he makes the barren land, or he makes the land become completely barren. He makes mighty oaks fall into the, oh, he makes them twist up and fall apart. I mean, it's like Jesus just walks through and kicks over Lego sets. Like as he's walking through and he's telling him, just get out the way. Because what he wants you to do and he wants you to, to remember and he wants you to have is that your mouth has to establish the praise and say that, oh, I don't, I might not be able to say anything else, but I want to say glory to God. I want to say glory to him in the highest. Because when marriage is falling apart, that might not be the thing I want to say. Because when, when trials and circumstances or my kids aren't acting right, it might not be glory that comes out of my mouth. Right? As a parent? <laughs> Please, I'm not the only one, right? Please, somebody raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay, thank you for being honest. But in his temple, everyone shouts glory. In his temple, in his presence, in his house, in my father's house, Everyone shouts glory because it's shouting glory to him and not glory of myself. Everything that I do, I want to point it back to Jesus. Everything that I, that I say, I want to point it back to Jesus. And I know I probably shouldn't have made jokes and I'm super sorry. But, but one of the things is like everything that I do, I just want to, I want to see him move. I want to see him move in your life. Okay, that's been my prayer. Like, I just don't want to see him move in me and through me. I want to see him, well, I do want to see him move through me. But I want to see him move through me for your sake as well. I want to see him move through me for our young people's sake as well. I just don't want, I, I just don't want me to have a move of God. I want our young people, tribe youth, to have a move of God. On Wednesday nights, please, like, I'm not just trying to put together a, a, a thing. And, I mean, I do put a lot of slides together, and we try to have a bunch of fun. Uh, we do play Foursquare, which is like Foursquare is have been our jam. Like this past Wednesday, Foursquare is our jam. You don't know, I get pretty competitive. So I'm sorry, parents, if your kids got home and, and said something about me. I get really competitive when we do it. Like I was screaming and yelling. Anyways, besides the point. So, but it's like, I just don't want to put a, I don't want to put a program together. What I want to do is I want to create an atmosphere that our young people can come in and feel the glory of God. The same thing that we do on every single Wednesday night. That's our, well, Wednesday night. Wednesday night, yes, with every class that goes on here and Sunday mornings. What we want to do is we want to create such an atmosphere that we want to see Jesus get magnified. Yeah. We want to see Jesus become, just get his full glory. Okay. Um, can you give me just a couple more minutes? Will that be okay? Okay. I'll try to, I'll try to make it funnier so that way it'll help you. No, I'm just kidding. No, no it won't. Uh, John 10, 10, um, as we, as, again, we're kind of journeying back. It says, a thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That was John 10, 10. And John 14, 6, man, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a Bible study with you guys, okay? John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. 
Here we see where Jesus is saying there's false teachings or false, uh, or the, or the, the false teachers are, are preaching and, and doing things that they're trying to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the enemy's purpose. That's what he wants to do is if he's speaking through uh, people, places, or things, what he's trying to do is, is try to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus turns around and he says, for the three things that the enemy wants to give you, I'm going to give you three more things that you can say back to him. Okay? And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Three things. The number three biblically represents divine wholeness, completeness, and perfection. If there was ever a desire to highlight an idea, thought, event, or noteworthy figure in the Bible um, for their prominence, the number three was used to put a divine stamp of completion or fulfillment on the subject. Yes, I copied and I pasted this, ne- this segment, okay? So no, this is not something I came up with myself. Um, three is the smallest number we need to create a pattern. The perfect combination of, uh, the perfect combination for rhythm. It's a, pr- it's a principle captured n- neatly in the Latin phrase, meaning everything that comes in threes is perfect, or every set of three is complete. So here's the thing. After saying all that, you're saying, well, Pastor Tim, you're saying the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. So you're giving it completion. Now, I'm not giving it completion. The whole reason Jesus is teaching about that is because he wasn't given an authority because he, right, he sets the authority later on. He says, I am the true shepherd. I've got full authority from my father. I, I let my life down and I pick it back up. That's me, no one else. So Jesus sets the authority. But what he's doing is saying, you have to see the devices of the enemy of what he wants to really do in your life. But to every device of the enemy, Jesus com- can combat it against and, and really destroy it and take it apart. Does that kind of make sense? So you got three things that the enemy's trying to do at you, but Jesus is like, that's cool. You know, that's like little childish play. Thanks. Thanks, enemy. You know, but I'm going to give you three things because he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When he's describing that way, when he says, I am the way, when you define way as from the dictionary, it says customary modes or practices of a group. Jesus is saying, I am the way. I am what I, you want to follow after. I want to, you got to be the customary or the modes that we are trying to mold ourselves afterwards. Does that kind of make sense? Uh, then he go, it goes on and says that the enemy comes to steal. So it says one and one, okay, steal is to take another person's property without permission or legal right and withhold intent without intending to return it. Doesn't that just kind of sound like the enemy? That he wants to take what isn't his but he wants to try to take it away from you so, and have no intent on returning it. But yet Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I am the way that about giving life and life more abundant. And when we mold ourselves after him or when we're following after him, when we're listening to his voice, we are going to see the more fulfilling things that the enemy no more has a stronghold in our life or a chance to steal because we are going to be conscious of what he wants to do. And we're gonna, be, we're gonna see his devices that he has for us. Jesus says he's the truth, a fact or belief that is accepted as true. But the enemy says he wants to kill, to put an end or cause the failure or defeat of something. Man, isn't it just more and more like, I want to be on Jesus' team? Jesus said, I want to give life. It's a, it's a practical type of aspect of a person's existence. But destroy says to put an end to the existence by damaging or attacking it. How many of you are just so excited that we serve a mighty God? That he says, yeah, that he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Basically, he's saying every lie that the enemy has ever said to you, I'm going to destroy it and put it down because of who I am and what I can do. 
When you walk in that, that sets everything up that I know who God is and I know who I am through him. Okay. So I think Pastor Lynn actually said this last week. Um, it's the seven or eight I am's. I think, did you say that last week? Yeah. And so, so we see here where Jesus sets everything up. He sets everything up for us to be fulfilled, satisfied, and successful. Not in the fact of maybe in the way that I want to be successful, but in the way that he sets us up to. And I didn't give Linda these verses, and I'm sorry about that, but I'm just going to read them to you, or I'll tell you. You know, one of the things that he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Then Jesus goes on to say, and this is all through John. Then he goes on to say, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He goes on to say, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find, uh, find good pasture. Then he goes on in chapter 10 again, I am the good shepherd, which we already read. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. John 11 says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Because there's not an end in Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which we just read. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Seven, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, a person who prunes or trains or cultivates the vines. And he says, and then um, the eighth one, it says, um, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. Jesus said that in, in John chapter 8, verse 58. And I think that's really what's, what's been, again, my heart and my prayer. And I hope that, that maybe I stirred it up a little bit inside of you or, or just got you to kind of maybe think about when, when you're in the car, you know, am I trying to listen to him? Not to the fact of like, do I turn on, you know, whatever, a, a, a Christian music or do I turn on worship music or whatever it may be, but the fact of, am I really trying to listen after him? Am I really trying to listen after him in my career path? Am I really trying to listen after him for my, for my family's sake? Am I really trying to listen after him how to be a better parent? Am I really listening after him how to be a better friend? Am I, am I really listening after him how to just be better myself? And it's not like this self-help thing that he gets there, but no, it's about following after Jesus. It says that I, I hear his voice and I follow after him. Do we stray at times? Yeah, we do. Because guess what? We're kind of like sheep. <laughs> Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we make a mess. But all of the time, Jesus is always there. All of the time, he's always there to be with you, to comfort you, to strengthen you, to revive and refresh you, to restore you, to restore your marriage, to restore your children, to restore those kids that may have walked away. And mama, you and daddy, you've been praying for so long for them. I'm telling you right now, we just are gonna see just, just revival happen in our families, in our families. And again, we create messes at time, but the greatest thing is he's always there for us. He's always there for us. And again, it's not this fact of now I get to do whatever I want because it's a get out of jail free card. It's not. It's a, I get to follow after Jesus card. It's a, I get to walk with him and talk with him. I get to live a life and live a life that's full and rich. So I went a couple more extra minutes. 
over. Would you stand with me? Okay, I debated on not reading the last ones, but we're, we're just going to read this last one. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 11 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to devour. Then it, like, it, it, it's not giving power to him, but it's saying, hey, listen, this is what you can do. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith, our faith in Jesus Christ. Remember that our family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen. There's your three things again. Restore, support, and strengthen you. He will, he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to Jesus. All power to him forever. Amen. So today, I don't know what you walked in here with, but I know what you can walk out with. Uh, you may have walked in with, with, with hopelessness, feeling lonely, feeling discouraged, feeling despair. But I'm here to tell you today that you don't have to leave the same. You get to walk out in new life. You get to walk out in life more abundant and more richly than you had ever dreamed or imagined. All it takes is you accepting him into your heart. All it takes is accepting him into your mind. And if today's the day that you're saying, I'm, that's it, I'm letting everything else go and I wanna follow after Jesus. We have a prayer team here and we'd love to get that chance to pray for you. So before we go, we'll do a collective prayer and then you can come on down if you'd like to. So Jesus, I thank you that you're a good God, you're an amazing God and you're a powerful God. And I thank you for today that I want to hear your voice. And today I heard it because I read the red letters. Today I heard it because it was preached to me. Today I heard your voice that says, come and I can lay all my burdens on, at your feet. I can lay everything to you, Jesus, and you promise to take it away and to lift me up and allow me to walk with you, to follow after you, that you lead me and guide me, even through those valleys, even through those hard times and those, those trying times, but I know I can look up and I can hold on to the hand that, that took the piercing to be able to shed the blood, that silenced the voice of the enemy, that silenced the voice of the false teaching that's been rolling around inside of my head, to silence the voice of the lies that have been telling me I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, I can't, I'm nobody. But today I stand as a child called by your name, called by my own name, that I am a child of the most high living God. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. Be with us as we leave this place. Walk and talk with us, Jesus. Let my ears be open to what you have to say in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you.